Welcome to the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon. If we believe the Bible at all, we believe that God raises men up and God takes men down. He does it for His purposes, even though we may not understand it. Ours is to give Him praise in the midst of the storm to give him thanksgiving in the midst of the storm that we're walking through. Why? Because we want peace. With Pastor Jay Petty. And the more they praised, the greater the light of God became. The greater the presence of God, the greater the nation began to grow. The power of God began to flow through the nation and victory became theirs. Join us here each week for the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. My God is wealthy. And he's not dependent upon anything except our faith in believing in him. That's why thanksgiving is so important. That's why gratitude to God is so important. God, thank you. Now, let's join Pastor Jay Petty for this week's Sunday sermon. Anybody um, go through hardships? Let's put it this way. Anybody have a rough day? Anybody have a day where... You aren't really happy with another person? Have you ever had a day where things weren't going the way you wish they were? Right. Thanksgiving, which we call it Thanksgiving, really uh, started through hardship. Many of you know when the pilgrims came here in 1621, that they got here late in the year. And uh, between the sickness and starvation, 50 of the 102 people that came died. Two women were left and the rest were men. And that next year, a beautiful story, Boy, they gathered and they gained and they planted and they did all kinds of cool stuff. And they built a harvest. They said they were catching sea bass and they were catching fowl and they were, you know, they, and they were planting corn and they were doing all kinds of stuff ready, getting ready for the next winter. Because the first winter they were here was very, very, very tough and very severe. Isn't it amazing that we can go through something and in the midst of going through something, give honor to God? You know, you're not on this journey by yourself, much as you may think. And everything that happens in your life is not necessarily about you. So many times we think. If we could clear our head, I mean really clear our head, get rid of our opinion of what we think, and begin to think towards Him, towards God, towards what God has done for you. No place you go, no, nothing that you go through in this life God is not absent from that. He's never been absent any day of your life. He has always been. And yeah, we get upset. 
We get angry at people and God and all the other things that we get angry and upset about. But what if that's the only resource you got? What if that's the only hope you have of survival? Man, I'll tell you, the pilgrims, that's the only hope they had. You know, the, the next year they had a, a, fe, a, a, a what they called a festival for three days. They ate and ate and they ate fish and they ate corn and they ate venison and they ate uh, whatever they had they, th that they had gathered. There were 90 Indian people who came to celebrate that three-day journey with them. Amazing how when you're in need and you allow someone else to help supplement your need. It's not like today, guys. They didn't have any stores they could run down to. In fact, that there weren't no stores. In fact, there, it was just a rugged wilderness in which they lived. And it was them that planted us and planted our future. It was them. Two years later, in 1863, they had a great big celebration. They, call, they, called, it, they called it Thanksgiving. And what they did was they thanked God for his provision for the things that they were walking through. Wow, if we could just stop and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this thing I'm walking in, this thing I have to walk through, this thing I have to face. Lord, just thank you for it. I want to honor you in the midst of this, Lord. I don't want to be cut off from you in my own anguish and anger. But Lord, I'd like to be able to take that situation and that and make it a journey of thanksgiving lord to you the point i'm trying to bring is even after the civil war when abraham lincoln made a proclamation that thanksgiving would be a holiday he did it for one reason, because the country had been so divided between the North and the South and, and the war that had been taking place that he thought it would be a good time for the, for the country to find common ground, a time where the whole nation could come together and begin to give thanks and praise to God. It brings healing. That's the whole point. Thanksgiving, true thanksgiving, true gratitude brings healing. Healing of brokenness, healing of broken lives, healing of broken relationships. It has the power to bring healing into individuals' hearts and release the pain of the things that they're walking through. Abraham Lincoln learned to read the Bible. That's, that's the only school book he had. He read it every day. He knew what the Bible said. He knew what the Bible meant. 
And I believe that in his own heart, he tried to utilize that, that passion of God's word in running the country. Kind of turned backwards, doesn't it? Anytime you try to put God out front, everything comes against you. And thus we had a civil war. Some of you might be having a civil war. I don't know. But I look at our nation today. And it's so split and divided. On two sides of nothing. Honestly, it's two sides of nothing. And we just get so caught up in the nonsense of the whole thing. And the only thing that's going to bring oneness back to this nation is when we begin to be thankful in the midst of what we're walking through. We start to give God praise for what he's doing. If we believe the Bible at all, we believe that God raises men up and God takes men down. He does it for his purposes, even though we may not understand it. Ours is to give him praise in the midst of the storm, to give him thanksgiving in the midst of the storm that we're walking through. Why? Because we want peace. We want oneness. We want unity. We want it in our families. We want it in our community. And we want it in our nation. Amazing, that's what God wants for us. And that's where God wants us to be. We are his ambassadors. We are his people who are called by his name. We are his people who proclaim truth and herald the truth about Jesus. Jonah 2, 3. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea, and the flood surrounded me, and all your billows and your ways passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The waters surround me, even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down into the mooring of the, of the mountains, the earth, with its bars closed behind me forever. And yet, I have, and yet you have brought me up, brought up my life from the pit. That's where it is. Isn't it funny? Jonah wouldn't do what God wanted me to do. He ran. And when we run from what we know God wants us to do, it seems that calamity comes behind it. Ever notice that? It's like facing the bully. If you run from the bully, he'll bully you from now on. If you face him, if you honestly face him, he'll leave you alone. Satan's a bully. Even in this story, God was after one thing. He was after Nineveh, his creation. God is after you. He's after your family. He's after this community. 
He's after this country. That's who he's after. He ran. He hid on a ship. Isn't that funny? We run and hide. Thinking that we could get out of the sight of God. But you know God sees you wherever you're at. <laughs> wherever you are, he is. No matter how far you run, he's still there. No matter what. And this is where Jonah was at. He was in the midst of chaos. God wanting to bring peace. Noah, I mean Jonah, wanting to run. Is that you? You want to run? Trying to run away from what God has called you to do? Trying to run away from what you know God wants you to do? Doesn't work too well. I remember the Lord and my prayers went up to you and to your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to you the voice of thanksgiving. And I will vow and I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah up on dry land. This guy was lost completely, captivated in darkness. No way out for him. He knew, he knew his end, and so he went to make peace with God. And so he began to lift his prayers in thanksgiving to God. And as he began to lift his thanksgivings, he told the Lord, that he would fulfill what he had vowed to him. Isn't it amazing that, that God has power over all things? Over everything? Over everything that exists, God has power over, and he moves things in his great power. Jonah knew who God was. He was a prophet of God. He knew what God was capable of doing. He had experienced the very essence of God. And as he began to do this, God, God moved the fish to dump him out. Why? So that Jonah could, could continue to fulfill the vow that he made to God to go to Nineveh. Calling you. Thanksgiving in the Old Testament is the extension of the hand. Everybody lift up your hands. Yeah. Say, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. I'm giving you, Lord, a thank offering. And I'm thanking you for everything. Everything I'm facing, everything that I'm walking through. Lord, with a heart of gratitude, I offer up to you Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Changes your attitude, doesn't it? Just offering up Thanksgiving to God. Extending your hands, offering up 
thanksgiving. It used to be in the Old Testament, a thanksgiving offering would be a song. A song of praise, a song of thanksgiving. They'd just begin to worship God. I imagine in the time of David, when they had set up the, the tabernacle of David, and they had all the singers and instrument players, that, that, that part of their worship would be offering up thanksgiving to God. Let me tell you something about the light of God, just for a moment. Eli, in the time of Eli, the priest, it said that the light of God almost went completely out of Israel. You know what the light is? That's the glory of God. That's, that's God himself. It's, it's that he was almost snuffed out. And many times, that's what we do. We snuff God out of our lives. Because of what we're going through. Maybe it's sickness. Maybe it's financial. Maybe whatever it may be. And sometimes we don't. But when David was made king of Israel, he went and got the Ark of the Covenant. He brought it back and he built a tent over it. And he established worship. Worship being praise and honor and glory, singing to the Lord, making melody to the Lord, playing instruments to the Lord, 24-7. Any time of the day you could, you could hear the worship going on around this tent. Praise. Glory. And the more they praised, the greater the light of God became. The greater the presence of God took a hold. The greater the nation began to grow. The power of God began to flow through the nation and victory became theirs. In fact, David was the one who secured all the borders of Israel. It had never been done until David. Thanksgiving should be a time of true thanksgiving. You know how we celebrate it? Oh, we feast. Boy, do we. That pie's really good, isn't it? But do we take a little time and really give thanksgiving to God for the abundance of the blessings that he has given us? We thank him for our family. It's funny, God moves through people. That's how God moves. He moves through people. And it moves by faith. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious or don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. In other words, you tell God what you're telling him. You know, I got this, I got that. I got. But you know, at the, mid, at the end of it, it should be with thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord, for being involved in this. Thank you, Lord, for helping me. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you for the situation that I'm in the midst of. Thank you, Lord. I give you honor. I praise you, God, for you're a good God. You're a big God. You're a powerful God. You're a mighty God. You're, you're a God of fortress. So many times we forget the Thanksgiving part. And we forget the worry part. We go to God filled full of anxiety. And the only thing that we express is the negativity that's in our hearts. We're supposed to be free of that. We're supposed to know that God is on our side. We're supposed to know that he's got our back. We're supposed to know and not worry or be fearful of anything. That if we've got something to say to God, say it. But in the midst of saying what you have to say to God, be thankful because he's hearing your voice. Because he's present in the midst of it. Because he wants to move in the midst of your situation. But so many times we don't see that. And so many times we don't even have enough faith to get to the place where we say, Lord, thank you for meeting my need. We just freak out. Doug Schutz's wife, they found cancer someplace in her body. I don't remember where it's at. And they wanted her to do surgery. So every day, he said, wait a minute. Give, give us 30 days before we make a decision. And every day, for one hour, he would go into the chapel and he would pray. He visualized in his own mind that tumor shrinking. He spoke against it. He prayed God over it. He, he just, every day, he just didn't let up. He remained faithful to that commitment to pray about it. At the th end of 30 days, it went back and they did another test and it was gone. I'm telling you, don't count God out. That's our biggest problem. We see things from the way we think they are and our opinion of something instead of seeing God for who he truly, truly is. It's funny is that when we humble ourselves and we come to him and we cry out to him and we stay in that place and we pray through until there's victory. Until there's true victory. We don't do that. We pray for five minutes, we get up, and we say, well, I guess that's not God's will. That's how God works. God's not a microwave. You can't put it in for five minutes and expect a hot meal. There's more to what God is doing in your life than you understand. And you're and you putting yourself and making yourself available to give praise and thanksgiving to your situation allows God to work in your situation. Quit looking at the things around you. Quit viewing by your, everything by the opinion of what somebody else says. 
Your relationship with God is intimate. It's between you and him. It's what you build out of it. And if you begin to take it as an adventure, as a journey, a fulfillment, you begin to find the answers. You begin to see that God moves. Not just moves, but he moves in you. It's the ability to give thanks that brings peace in your situation. The God of peace shall guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Who? The God of peace. Will guard what? Your mind and your heart. Begin to look at things from a different perspective. In Galatians 3, 2 through 5, Paul says, I only want to learn from you. I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? How did you receive Jesus in your life? How? Did you do it because you felt like you needed to put everything in order and get, that you were going to do all the stuff so you could get there? Or did you just believe the truth of the gospel message? That Jesus died for you. He bought your sin. Did you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, come into my heart. Wash away the stain of sin. We have so much to be thankful for. We have so much to honor God with. He says, are you so foolish having begun in the Spirit? Uh, not, uh, in the spirit that you are now being made perfect in, by the flesh. You know what that is? Self-effort. It's the demand you put on your own life. It's what you think God is demanding of you. I got to do this. I got to do this. I no, no, no. You, you just have to believe. That's what he's saying. Believing God. Being thankful that God's hearing you. Being thankful that God is moving for you. Being thankful that God is providing for you. Being thankful that God is leading you. Being thankful. Giving him thanksgiving. Honoring him. We quit. We don't move through. He says, have you suffered so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit. What Spirit? The Holy Spirit. He who supplies the Holy Spirit and works. And I want you to hear this. And works miracles among you. How does he do it? Does he do it because you observe this? Or do you do it because you just simply believe him? Which way is it? 
If you believe him, then have gratitude in your heart. If you believe him, tell him, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the miracle, Lord. Thank you for the grace, Lord. Thank you for the power, God. Thank you for being involved, Lord. That's really where it's at. If you move from that position and try to go back and put yourself back under some kind of demand, you're going to have to fix this. You got to fix this. You got to go. You got. I go. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Don't tell me that's not what you do. Because it's what we all do. I see something wrong. I want to fix it. Hmm. I see something that needs to be fixed, so I want to fix it. And the biggest struggle we have, the biggest struggle we have is trying to fix it. But you know what happens when you try to fix it? Then it becomes about you, about trying to fix yourself. How unworthy I am, or how I'm this way, or how I'm that way. Oh, and you just fall into this whole realm of condemnation and demand upon your life. Got to get it. It just turns in a cycle that that says that I got to keep doing better. I got to try harder. I got to. I got to. Got to. Got. That's not God. How do you get your miracle? You're going to get it by believing. By believing by faith. Because the Spirit of God is the supply of that miracle and the Spirit of God is in you. We have so much to be thankful for. God is so good. Not some of the time. All the time. But our faith needs to be in him. Period. Not in us. I love this. Philippians 4.19 And my God shall supply all of your need uh, according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Let me ask you a question. What is the problem? What is the hardship? What is the difficulty? What are they? What are yours? What are you walking through? Do you really believe that piece of scripture? That the God who supplies my need, where does that supply come from? It comes from the Holy Spirit, which produces a miracle. Which supplies my need by faith. How? By because I believe God. Ever heard that scripture that God has a cows on a thousand hills? Or a thousand cows on a hill or however it goes? Ever heard that one? My God's got it all. He I mean he's wealthy. My God is wealthy. And he's not dependent upon anything accept our faith in believing in him. That's why thanksgiving is so important. That's why gratitude to God is so important. God, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Never, just thank you, Jesus. One day I was working in the thrift store downtown, just volunteering. And so I was, I remember this, I was, 
I was sitting behind the counter and I just started praying. I just started blessing God and thanking God that he would just bring in an abundance in that day. And people kept coming and people kept buying. And, and we sold an, uh, an unbelievable about of junk. That's what I call it. But the money went, was going to help others. It's where you position yourself as a believer. It really is. Quit thinking about all the ifs and ands. And, you know, some people are just flat worry warts. I'm sorry, that's all they are. They worry about this, they worry about blah, 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 blah. Every time you hear them, they're just freaking out about this or that. It's not going to help you none. Jesus made us free. And he told us if we, we go after him, he'll take care of the need. What need? Every need. See, it's, it's believing that. It's believing that God's going to take care of it. You don't have to know how. You don't even have to have your input in it. You don't have to make a demand of it. You're just going to say, God, I believe you. I don't know how, but God, I know you got this. I don't know where it's coming from, but God, I know that you got this. Do you know it's always going to be a test of faith, right? You know that, right? Just because you don't see it happen at the moment you, you put it out there doesn't mean it's not coming. When Daniel prayed, it took uh, a number of days before God showed up to give the answer to his prayer. Abraham, what? He was 25 years before he got the answer to his prayer. But you know what he did? He had, to, he had to come to a place to learn to stand in faith, believing God. God's got to move all the stuff out of the way. All of it. Oh, well, how about this servant? How about that servant? How about, how about, and, and God said, no. It's coming to the point believing that what God declares is, period. And our ability to be thankful in the midst of our adventure and waiting upon God to bring it. That we don't do too good of. How many of you think you can earn points with God? And you get to 100 points, then you get what you asking for. It doesn't work like that. What God gives you is not based upon you because your righteousness is not based upon you. It's based upon Him. And whatever God is doing, He's doing in you for His purpose. You may not understand it and it's okay. You don't have to understand it. You just have to stand in faith and believe and be thankful as you make the journey. Truly thankful. You know, it's funny thing about gratitude. When you're truly, when you truly have it, 
You know what? It's so humbling. And what I mean by that, you're so filled up with what the other person is doing for you. It's like the first time you get an allowance. Oh, thank you, Dad. <laughs> thank you for the, you know, the gratitude. When someone goes out of their way to do something for you because they don't even have to, but they do it anyway, you become grateful. Thanksgiving or gratefulness is an act of worship. And worship is an act of adoration to God. Just a song. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me nation so rich and free. I forget things, I'm getting old. Thanking, being thankful. Honestly, be thankful. I'm going to end with this. Other than it says be vigilant in your thanksgiving, uh, uh, abounding in thanksgiving, pray without ceasing, and be thankful. Everything that you're going through, God wants you to be thankful about. You know why? Because this is his will concerning you. So wherever you are at in your life, good or bad, God wants you to be thankful. Why? Because he's working in you. As much as you don't understand it, Believe me, God's working something out in you. Mostly changing your heart. That's really what it's all about, right? Transforming this thing. Sometimes we really need it, don't we? We need to be changed. We need our heart changed. We need our heart to beat the way his beats. The passion that he has passion for. All of those things. You know what happens when we get frustrated and we throw up our arms and blah, blah, blah? We can see the deficit in our own lives. Because we couldn't say, Lord, thank you for this. Even though I don't understand it, Lord, thank you. I'm trusting you. I'm believing in you, Lord. Do what you have to do in me, Lord. Change what you need to change in me, Lord. Lord, fix in me what needs to be fixed in me, Lord. That's gratefulness. 
wherever you're at, it's not, it's not enough. But it's not something you can fix either. It's only something he can fix. And you're going through it. Yeah, it's hard, yeah. I didn't want to go through open heart surgery, believe me. And it's hard, it's been hard even ever since it's happened for me. It, but God had a reason. You really see what's in yourself when you're down and out. And sometimes you don't like what you see. God's trying to change you. Trying to take you deeper. Trying to bring out the fullness of who he is in you. Why? Because he's simply because he loves you. And simply because he wants you to believe in him. And simply because he wants you to believe what he's doing is the best thing he could do for you. And even though you may flip out and throw up your hands and be frustrated. God still loves you. And God is still going to be reaching to you. Why? Because he wants you to know that he loves you. That you are his sons and you are his daughters. We don't get to live our life the way we want. We get to live our life the way he directs us to go. Sometimes we have blind eyes because we refuse to see. Sometimes we have dull ears because we refuse to hear. And sometimes he fumbles our steps because we, we fail to walk where he wants us to walk. My friends, this relationship with God is about you and him. And what he wants from that. And what he wants out of it in your life. Don't get mad at someone else because of what you're going through. Don't get mad at him. It just makes it worse. It makes the journey harder. Instead of just yielding and saying, okay, Lord, thank you for this. I honor you in the midst of this. I praise you, Father. And with a grateful heart, Lord, I just want to lift you up in the midst of all of this. Thank you for joining us today here at the Living Waters Church in Globe, Arizona. We hope you enjoyed the message by Pastor Jay Petty. May you have a great week, and may everything you do be blessed by God.